Welcome to Model Rail Radio. I'm Tom Barbelay, and this is being recorded live on Skype, January 7th, 2023. Happy New Year, everyone. Model Rail Radio is the internet's only live recorded radio show where the topic is the hobby of model railroading. Leading into this, I wanted to record a little bit of audio, and we do have on a very special guest, a long-standing Model Rail Radio participant who we haven't talked to for a few years now. But before I get to a certain individual who might be Tony Ryan... I wanted to say that I got Giles Farvel's amazing tucker in the mail, and my immediate re- response to this was, I have a little shelf in my podcasting room that I have for Model Rail Radio-related artifacts, uh, including the Professor Silencer, and I'm like, this thing is too, this thing is a thing of beauty, it needs to be taken to shows, it needs to be shown to people so they can all gaze on this we do have a mike slater i will get to him in a minute maybe mike slater knows someone who might be use might be able to use this vehicle at a show the only person i know who does american prototype o scale stuff at shows is the professor and i reached out to the professor through the week and the professor unfortunately emailed me back saying sorry he's not the right guy for the tucker because he's downscaling currently so the professor downscaling just a sideline but it was wonderful to hear back from the professor if anyone knows anyone who does O-scale at shows, American prototype O-scale, ideally 1950s, doesn't have to be 1950s or 1960s, the Tucker would look good in almost any layout. But if you do O-scale at shows, I think this is the critical part that's missing here, is that Giles's work is just so outstanding. I thought to myself, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to own this amazing vehicle. It needs to go out to shows. Anyway, I've given a bit of an intro. I'd like to welcome on the one only... Long-standing model rail radio participant who I haven't talked to for a while, Tony Ryan. How's the world treating you? Uh, better. <laughs> you had a colonoscopy been... recently. I'm not sure if that should make the show, but uh, well, you can put in whatever you want. Yeah, we've had a bit of a rough patch for the past six months. So right. Well, good to uh, catch up. Are you still doing in-scale turnouts? Is it the original Tony Ryan that I remember talking to many years ago? Or it, where's the hobby with you? It is. Um, I haven't done any shows since. 2020 because of covid and all that sort of stuff we have a uh show that's coming up here the 15th out at the richfield fairgrounds that the group is doing but i'm not going to be attending Mm -hmm. uh because my wife is still doing radiation for her cancer so i prefer not to expose her to whatever is going around out there michelle's mother is in a similar situation actually and the yeah yeah you've just got to be really careful but when you called earlier and I missed it, I had just gotten my, uh, uh, you've heard of the IOTT, Internet of Tra- Toy Trains? No, I haven't. Tell me more. Oh, so this is a, a little board that goes onto an Arduino mm-hmm. Uno or a, a Mega, which does DCC++ or DCCEX. Interesting. So it converts a, a Uno or a Mega into a full command station. Interesting. So I had just got it yesterday, and I was playing around today, hooking it up to see if I could get it to work. And what so it, is DCC plus plus a proprietary standard, or is it just a no, no? It's open source. Interesting. But what it it typically DCC plus plus or DCCEX as they're calling it mm-hmm. now is uh, just Wi-Fi and running track power. You can do programming with it. That sort of stuff. It's mm. about $45 you can put together a whole DCC system. Very cool. To, to use your phone as a throttle. Interesting. 
the the little uh, IOTT stick and the Red Hat shield that plugs onto the top adds LocoNet, so you can use your LocoNet throttles, mm. either uh, all the um, MRC or Digitrax or whatever. Terrific. Plus, it adds, keeps the Wi-Fi. So wow. It's, uh, yeah, Best it's of all a, worlds, basically. A yeah, Swiss Army knife a pretty, tool. Pretty cool little system. So I just Very got cool. it hooked up and made sure that it worked and connected to my uh, phone and got it configured and was playing with that. Mm. Well, I mentioned the Professor Silencer. I've been tinkering with that and thinking, could this be enough for a full DCC setup or is it just too small? So I don't know whatever happens to the Professor Silencer as a commercial device. Do you remember the Professor Silencer? I do. Like a a shuttle. Exactly. uh, A shuttle thing, right. So if you look into the IOTT stuff, he's got a whole series. There's... uh, MQTT, which I don't know what that acronym stand, hmm. stands for, but it's like a scripting service, like JMRI. You can run uh, Python scripts wow. and have it do automation. and wow. just. But it, it uh, joins LCC, LocoNet, Wi-Fi command station stuff, uh, signaling. Pretty cool. And all this sort of stuff. So it's this has been a, my... My thing while I've been down not working on models is working on electronics. Interesting. Interesting. And for folks listening in that are interested in getting these devices, is there specific sites or where where would people start to find this information? If you look up uh, DCC-EX mm-hmm. on Google, it takes you right to their webpage. Very they cool. have a whole list of uh, devices. Devices that you can, you know, if you have a Uno or a Arduino Nano or a Mega, you can download the script and it has an installer and you just run it and install wow. it. And, oh, yeah, it's pretty slick. Very cool. Um, and then just look up IOTT uh, for the other stuff. And I, I'm, my dad's coming by here right now, so I'm going to have to jump Tony, off. it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much for calling in today. Sounds like you're still doing amazing stuff in the hobby and really a wonderful opportunity to catch up with you. Thanks for calling right. in. I'll leave it listening in case I get back. But Terrific. Thank you very much, Tony. Pleasure chatting with you. Take care. I'd like to welcome back on Mike Slater. Well, if I ever forget the word Tucker ever again, was it you that called out Tucker on the podcast? I wasn't sure. It's yeah, be yes, out. I did. Very good, very good. You had some, you had some connection with the Tucker specifically, right? You knew someone who owned one, or what was your story associated with the Tucker? Well, my father back in the eighties, before the movie ever came out, hmm. we went over by a gentleman's house on um, in an area of Milwaukee called Pigsville. Yes, I remember the Tucker that, of Pigsville. That's actually the name yep, of the show. And. Uh, me and my father leaned against it. It was parked on the city streets in Milwaukee. And uh, my father, probably, if he would have talked to the guy a little bit more, he would have probably been able to bu- uh, purchase the car off. Interesting. The and, Interesting. Uh, so let me ask you the time, question. We didn't know what, what the car was. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's and, got longstanding uh, history. I haven't seen the film. I need to see the film. But let me ask you this question. I felt I wasn't worthy when I received this from Giles. Do you know anyone who does O-scale American prototype but shows that would like a radio-controlled Tucker to put on their particular layout? 
the the biggest problem is offhand. No, I really don't. Because mm. most of the traveling show layouts, even if there was an O scale layout. Usually they don't have enough roadway because oh, you know the trains themselves are. No, so it would big require a very specific layout. layout. It would require a very yeah. specific layout, probably uh, made for. Which I thought for, in my case, because O scale is still roughly my scale. I mean, even yeah. O N thirty potentially you could. I don't know what you do with the tucker specifically, but it's just such a thing of beauty. It's it's going on my shelf. I mean, it's going next yeah. to the Professor Silencer, I think. But just such a thing of beauty, and Giles's work is. Just, I just felt not worthy having it, and I thought, okay, I, I have a vehicle here I, with model rail radio to potentially ask if others have layouts that I, might be useful. Yeah, I, I even shared some of his early build videos of of the RC car yes. on the uh, Tucker uh, fan group. Oh, very on cool! Facebook. Very cool. Maybe I should join the Tucker fan group, or maybe that's just too extreme at this stage. But I'll let you. I'll let you be the conduit to the Tucker fan book, uh, fan page on Facebook currently, Mike Slater. It's, it's actually actually pretty neat on the uh, the fan uh, the fan group on Facebook. Uh, actually, two of uh, Preston Tucker's uh, I can't remember if they're grandsons or great grandsons. Oh my goodness! Are regular posters on the page, and they actually aid in the restoration of other Tuckers that are being restored. Now, is it right that there are only tens of them left? Is that right that they're really very rare? Um, out of the, well, depending on who, who you talk to, uh, some say 50 production, uh, some say 51 if they count the, uh, the 10 goose, uh, prototype, but actually all the cars really weren't production cars. They were all production prototypes. Mm. Um, there were, if you don't count the 10 goose, you'd, you'd be at 50 and out of the 50, uh, there's, I think about 45, 46 that survive. Interesting. And there were about three that were built after the initial 50 production prototypes mm. that were built from spare parts that were laying around, laying around at the factory. Interesting. Interesting. Well, as you've noted, it really is a thing of some heritage, and I really do appreciate you being uh, on the recording to pass on some of these details. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's a thing of beauty. For me, Giles Farvel, outstanding model rail, model builder, just can't say enough about his work. Uh, but if anyone listening in has a uh, show layout or knows people that have a show layout that could benefit from having a tucker on it, please get in contact with me. Uh, Barbele, which is my surname, Bravo, Alpha Romeo, Bravo, Alpha Lima, Echo Tango at gmail.com. Let me know if you have a particular layout that would benefit from an RC Tucker. Ideally, I think, I mean, it's just the nature of the device is so show-centric that that was the thing that, you know, just resonated with me was I don't attend enough shows and I never, you know, actually do what you do, Mike Slater, and actually show the layout at shows. So anyway, a thought which I want to put into the ether in terms of the model railroading hobby, um, what's going on with your traction community? Any updates since your last call, Mike Slater? Uh, yeah, um, we uh, the Northwest Traction Group, which is the modular uh, club that I'm involved with. Mm. Uh, when we had our layout at Train Fest, uh, one of our members talked uh, with the editors of Model Railroader Magazine, 
and um, one of the editors came over by our display. Very cool. And uh, wanted to photograph the layout, but really didn't like the environment of shows uh, a the show shows for a uh, yeah. good quality photographs. Definitely. So I suggested to the um, the editor at Combach, I'm like, well, we, we all live in southeastern Wisconsin. <laughs> we, we can bring the layout to Combach. Yes. And uh, he was kind of shocked that we'd even be willing to to bring the layout uh, to Combach. So uh, December 28th, uh, a few days after Christmas, uh, we took the, uh, the layout that we had at Train Fest, which was... Mm-hmm. Just a small little display mm. of um, uh, one of our founding members of the group. It's uh, modules that were built back in the 1980s mm. uh, and uh, set that up and they shot uh, all kinds of videos. So mm-hmm. eventually, I'm not sure when it'll be released to the Model Railroad Video Plus members, uh, our traction layout that we had at Train Fest in uh, 2022 will be... Uh, on Model Railroad Video Plus. Very cool. And um, the gentleman that built the modules, he drove up from Northern Illinois mm. uh, to be interviewed about the modules. Cool. And and then uh, we threw Andy Breaker, which uh, he's been on the show in the past. Of course, yeah, definitely. Uh, under the bus to be the spokesperson on video. Very cool. Uh, for the, the younger generation. Mm. And then after the shooting of the uh, layout was done, then... Uh, one of the modules that I'm currently working on, Andy shot some video for MR Video Plus on cool. how to do overhead trolley wire. Oh, my goodness. Well, when I saw this thing, I thought, firstly, this is a long time coming. I mean, it's about time Mike Slater broke model, you know, model Railroader magazine because you've been doing more for the hobby than I think you know, anyone in my imagination uh, has done. So firstly, I was really very pleased to see you connected with Model Railroader finally. And it's interesting, actually, that they didn't understand that you'd be willing to bring the layout to Model Railroader magazine to be photographed. I think something must have been lost in translation there. What's your perspective with regards to traction as the traction aspect of the hobby being covered? Do you feel, I mean, a magazine article... You know, let's not even say it out loud. Many people have died waiting for Model Railroader to publish their magazine articles. But I guess it's based on what feedback they get from it being shown on, on their video service, right? Well, that's, uh, I think it was one of those things that to actually see the trolleys moving under the overhead. And they even shot, you know, some of the, you know, coming off the wire just to kind mm-hmm. of show. I'm not sure if it's going to be in the final video cut. Perfectly oh, suited uh, for video, actually. Yeah, this whole they, hobby they is. Yeah, kind of see yeah. that. Yes, it's running off the overhead. Yeah. Uh, type of scenario. Um, when the trolley pull comes off, the 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 trolley stops. Type of thing. I'm Certainly. not sure if that'll be included in the video or not, but uh, mm. I know they did did film that. But um, as far as uh, is is the traction aspect of the hobby dying? And I would say no. Um, no. Well, fact, you, uh, we you showed have, the vibrancy, right? You had the opportunity to show the vibrancy of the people that are currently involved. It, well, we actually have uh, uh, several uh, people in their early 20s, and I mean mm. early 20s under the age of 25 that are interested in joining our group, Very the cool. Northwest Traction Group. Very cool. And there, you know, it, one would think that as the older generation is passing away or getting out of the hobby and selling off their collections of models mm-hmm. that 
there'd be a flooding of the the hot you know the models and Certainly. prices would plummet but it's the exact opposite with all these younger people getting into the hobby interesting it's actually helping to drive some of the prices up interesting on the models um, okay but uh no it and the other aspect too is with a lot of these cities actually putting in electrified uh transit railways yes. in the cities that's actually bringing a resurgence back into traction modeling and interesting enough even though these younger kids are not modeling the modern day equipment they're modeling uh transit companies of the past mm. just again with a lot of the younger people in the hobby today yeah there's a lot of them that are that are buying the the newer ge locomotives or emd locomotives because that's what they see today Definitely. but also a lot of them are getting bored of the lack of variety that the railways or electrified railways had in the past. Interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to getting your sense of the feedback from this because I think certainly uh, it's a very video-centric aspect of the hobby. I mean, it really, you know, films well. And if it does bring in young folk and the history and, you know, a lot of really strong positives there. So mm-hmm. I guess you will I contact you when it goes live, the video, or? I'm not really sure. This is the first time I've ever done anything like this. Okay. I would I would suspect they probably would at least allow us to uh, view the video before it goes live, just in You'd case we so. have Additions? any comments yeah, or corrections and that type of thing. But then again, I've never dealt with anything with their video plus or their magazine in general as far as you know this aspect of uh, interacting with them mm-hmm. so um, it'll be i guess kind of one of those wait and see uh Definitely. type ventures well hopefully you won't have the issue that the magazine has historically had associated with just the length of time before content finally makes it um into the magazine so but yeah i was fascinated to see it and also just because of as you say your location is so good uh, for comeback publishing so hopefully this will be one of many in the future um in terms of in terms of the the traction group in terms of the new uh recruits do you have a do you have a pathway for the new recruits associated with maybe completing a certain number of hours worth of you know doing the the wiring itself i mean do you get a sense that there's a certain skill set that needs to be conveyed uh, and there probably needs to be a procedure associated with getting that skill set viable. I, it's really hard kind of answer that. I know the um, a couple of them are supposed to be attending uh, the next show that we're going to be cool. uh, displaying at, which will be the Madison, Wisconsin uh, show mid-February at the Alliant Energy Center in Madison, Wisconsin. Mm. Um, and they'll probably be more of helping us out because uh, I don't know if any of them have their models converted over to run off overhead trolley wire yet. Uh, but I'm sure when it comes to the overhead, Andy Breaker will work with them on accomplishing that. Um, mm. Of course, a lot, a lot of the overhead on locally with our mod newer modules, Andy's done all the overhead wiring Interesting. on them. Because um, that's just one of the aspects that he enjoys doing while there's aspects of um module construction and scenery that he's not really too comfortable with so we'll help him out with that so certainly kind of a nice community affair where we each you know it's not 
one of us is building a module on our own completely. We're all helping each other out. And, I mean, the, the nature of module clubs just lends itself perfectly to this thing. Well, I'm interested in seeing how the skilling associated with younger members, because obviously, as you say, Andy is a force to be reckoned with. He's obviously appeared on model rail radios previously. Um, but, you know, so many different skills in this hobby that are required. So it'll be interesting to see how the, the new recruits kind of pan out with that and whether he uh, has to apprentice um, let's just say some of the new recruits with regards to laying the uh, wiring specifically in terms of the other module communities that you're a part of do you get a sense that um i mean traction is really your aside from your home layout obviously the largest part of the hobby that you're involved with currently correct mike slater correct i i would say i've probably been out of the Fremo HO scale aspect of the modulars probably for now about four or five years. Interesting. I, I know I have to what uh, update all of my modules or build adapter Definitely. wire cables to adapt to the current uh, electrical connection standards uh, in order to uh, made up with the Fremo modules. I know with talking with the, uh, the one editor at model rare order, they're actually, I guess, one of their future uh, builds for the magazine is to build some Fremo modules. Mm. And uh, I did mention to them that I, I also own some Fremo modules that if they wanted me to, to bring some up so they, they could have photographs or videos of their modules connected to other Fremo modules, cool. I'd be more than willing to bring those Very up cool. also. And the last uh, major one you worked on was a bridge, I seem to recall. Is that the last one that you worked on with any, in any length well, of time? Well, that one, that particular module was uh, actually for the traction group. Oh, interesting. Okay, I didn't uh, realize that's, that. Because that was a model of the, the North Shore Lines Root River Bridge. The uh, last um, Fremo module that I would have constructed was actually a staging yard for our Fremo group. Mm. But uh, since then that, that module set's been torn apart because the three way switches that were on that module are now on my home layout. Interesting. Interesting. Well, let's ask about your home layout. You acknowledged actually, I think we had a listener who was listening and actually doing ballasting while you were talking about your problems with ballast in the last recording. Um, in terms of your home layout, what, what progress has been made since we last spoke? Uh, the area that I've cleared off has found more stuff Alas. on top of it. Alas. <laughs> um, and some of that is to do with my new 3D printer that I purchased. Mm. Um, I had to set it up underneath the layout and some of the stuff that I had stashed underneath the layout had to temporarily go on top of the layout to make room for the 3D printer. So what are you going to be printing with your 3D printer? Um, I've actually been um, uh, playing around with um, some traction models. There was a gentleman on our Facebook traction modeling group page that I belong to. About a, over a year ago, he did a 3D model of a uh, General Electric 50-ton steeple cab mm-hmm. that... Um, uh, luckily, the North Shore line had those, uh, had about four of those on their roster. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, right now, even though his model was in HO scale, which I have all that I need personally in HO scale, I've actually upsized his his uh, STL model mm. uh, into O scale. Interesting. And um, just before I got onto the uh, call here, I was actually uh, testing out a test underframe um, for the model because the model, of course, was designed to be used with an HO scale Bachman 44 tonner for the drive. Mm. Well, when the STL file is kind of hard to manipulate unless you have certain types of software. Oh, certainly. When I ups- when I upscaled it, I just increased the the model by whatever percentage to convert it to one forty eighth scale O scale. Mm. So now I've I'm designing a chassis that'll fit into the shell and. The first chassis I'm working on is to be used um, so I can run on, run it on a three rail line L layout. So Interesting. I've, I've taken the um, uh, Williams by Bachman 44 tonner, which is nothing constructed like the HO version. Certainly, but it's got some nice power truck assemblies, which is what you that need. Are the correct correct Perfect. wheelbase. Perfect. And they're self motorized uh, trucks, so I don't have to worry about a motor sticking up or anything like that. Wonderful. So I've just actually bolting the power trucks into this prototype uh, design chassis, which I designed last night. Did a Wonderful. print, uh, found my errors, and uh, did another print. So Very now cool. everything's bolting up pretty good. To Very it. cool. And um, so here's my question for you: one of the things I'm working on. And yeah, here's my question course, for you: O scale, O scale traction. Any chance that you'd be showing this in the future and may require a radio-controlled tucker to augment your O-scale traction? If, if I had a layout that I could uh, run it on, I, I would say yes, Annette. Uh, I'm just trying to think of offhand. Again, O-scale traction would probably be more of the place to um so for something like that to run on without question especially with the, a lot of the modules that can have a lot of street running certainly i'm just trying to think of clubs that have enough street running that it would make it worthwhile because the the only o scale traction layout that i know of up in milwaukee area uh they don't have much street running on yes it. and the only one that I can think of that might have enough street running to make it worthwhile would be probably the East Penn uh, Trolley Club based out in Pennsylvania. Mm. Yeah, my thought is it would need to probably be on a specialized... I mean, that's the thing of beauty that it is, but it would probably need a specialized layout or some extension of the roadway. But traction lends itself to that beautifully because obviously the roads are constantly interchanged with the you know, the actual cars themselves. So anyway, I'll leave it as a footnote in Model Rail Radio, but just in terms of your personal 3D printing, is it more just to do it, or do you plan on making a small example of O-scale traction, or what's your thought there? Well, some of it, uh, for the, as far as the 3D printer that I I uh, purchased, which, which is the largest... Uh, uh, printer that any cubic has for mm. resin, which I can actually do in like HO scale. I would be able to 3D print a full length uh, HO scale passenger car. Ooh, uh, very on nice. The printer. Very uh, nice. As far as O scale, 
I might be able to get, it might be pretty close or tough to, to get a full size O scale, uh, passenger, uh, coach on and out of North shore. Cause they were shorter cars mm. than a, a standard passenger car. Mm. Um, but that might be close. You'd have um, to do it in two or three parts. I mean, I think it's interesting that you're actually pushing the boundaries though. I mean, my, the 3D uh, printers really are limited in scope. And what, what's, in terms of the th- brand, in terms of the specific 3D printer you have, what, what is it spec? Oh, God, now you're putting me on the spot. As far as the overall print size, and I had to look it up here, but it's the, the newest in, uh, printer by AnyCubic. It's, the model is um, the Photon M3 Max, which is their new 8K uh, display screen as far as the uh, the quality of the, the LCD display is 8Ks. And um, I know on, I think it's it's probably about uh, 12 inches roughly uh, build uh, bed by maybe about 8 or 9 inches deep, maybe a little bit deeper. Interesting. And I think it's got an overall height of about 12 or 14 inches. Perfect. Uh, wow. Again, anybody can look up and get the exact specs. Uh, for the build area again this is just kind of guesstimating on the overall size very cool so in terms of 3d printing now you're uh, dangerous so to speak what kind of stuff are you going to be exploring with your 3d printer in the near future oh this is kind of a tough tough one uh some of it probably little little things here or there odds and ends uh maybe details for um the layout um Maybe looking into some of the downloadable STL files and maybe just kind of playing around with different things that can be downloaded. Um, I know there's, I have a uh, old lifelike McDonald's uh, building that was made in the oh, 70s. Very cool. And um, I actually, digging around, I found a, uh, a project one that I, I had also and, um, it was missing a few of the bits and pieces, so I've actually measured off the uh, completed one that I have, some of the missing bits and pieces, and modeled up some of those. And uh, Very cool. 3D print some of those to complete that kit. Um, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of one of those tools that uh, uh, it's, it's nice to have, to have the ability of, I need this bit or I need this part, and yes, being able to certainly. draw it up in the CAD and and uh, produce it. Um, it might be you know, just helping out a friend here or there uh, with it. But right now, I've just been kind of playing around with the steeple cab body mm-hmm. and uh, kind of got the, the old scale one version with the supports down pat where they need to be. And um, I had a friend of mine that uh, contacted me about 11 o'clock at night last night. And, <laughs> Said, can you do it in N scale? Interesting. So, ah. So I uh, printed one up, and uh, I was actually quite surprised that all the rivet details showed mm. up in N scale. But I didn't print it on the M, uh, the M3 uh, printer. I uh, also picked up a secondhand, smaller uh, resin printer, like I b- purchased several years ago, but Pretty a new cool. version. Pretty cool. And that came out beautiful on on that smaller printer, and. Um, now I'll probably uh, work on perfecting the supports for the HO scale version because um, one of the guys in our traction traction group, Eric O'Malley, which I believe he's also mm-hmm. been on. Certainly, yeah, most definitely. 
Yep, I know his brother has for sure, but yeah. uh, um, uh, he wants uh, three of them for the North Shore. So uh, I'll print those up for him also. So it sounds like the word has been passed around that you are the man with the 3D printer now. So I think the, the responsibility of owning a 3D printer is something that I've heard a number of people talk about. Can you talk a little bit about what what lends itself to resin specifically versus what lends itself to the kind of extruded? Because you now have both of those kind of 3D printers. So what's your driving motivation to use the the smaller one over the the resin one specifically well both of my printers that i personally own are, are resin oh okay printers. interesting um at work i have access to a, an fdm or what i kind of refer to as the uh the trimmer um uh plastic string type printer mm-hmm. and a lot of it of course i'll be uh, chastised by a, a friend of mine that's a catholic priest that it has the string type 3D printers. Interesting. Um, is, is the quality of detail of the print. Mm. The resin type printers, if you want fine detail, uh, it, and if you can get your settings dialed in properly, you'll have a an object that'll be almost as good a quality as an injected molded mm. plastic part. So they're really getting Where, to that stage currently. Yeah. Now, the reason why I would say a friend of mine that's a Catholic priest would chastise me is, He's got a an FDM type printer that he mm-hmm. basically has built from scratch himself. Wow! Kind of like the Mike Deverall of three D printers, you know, compared to lasers. Mm. And um, his quality is getting just as near quality of a resin. Interesting. Off of an FDM. Interesting. And his actually three D pre- printing project that he's working on is an HO scale. Uh, Lake Michigan car ferries. I can see why having a 3D printer would be very useful if that was the particular aspect of the hobby you were looking to explore. Um, Interesting, interesting. In terms of the near future, obviously uh, potential associated with the model railroad of video uh, content coming out and getting more um, traction, to want a better uh, term, um, associated with that. What is uh, coming up? Have you found a sufficient ballast yet or are you still looking for the ballast? I'm still looking for a ballast that I like the the appearance of when it's glued down. Mm. Um, it's just uh, one of those type of things that uh, uh, I have. Uh, well, now that since I ballasted the one module that that Andy did the overhead on Auto Rose Video Plus, I have one and a half bags of um, the ballast that I have that I like. Uh, and that will probably be enough ballast to do my uh, Racine Depot module cool. for the Northwest Traction Group. So cool. that's being saved for that uh, project. Probably when I go uh, out to some of the other shows that I may attend in the future, I'll basically be keeping my eyes open for something that I, I like the quality of. Um um, probably also will kind of keep an ear on to mm. see, you know, I, I, again, tried contacting the proprietor of the, the company or the guy that bought the company that I liked for ballast mm-hmm. and still haven't gotten a response out of him. Very boring. Um, so it's just kind of, uh, when I find something I like, I'll jump forward with it. But, 
otherwise, when I did have the little clear spot, I was just kind of figuring out um, how well he was going to make my road disappear into the backdrop and mm. trying to do some research yeah, on that. We talked and, about that last time. That was fascinating. Yeah. Do you have photographs or stuff that you're working from now, or what's the thinking? No, I um, got a 3D printer. Very good. Very good indeed. Okay. Okay. Well, that's that, Mike Slater. Thank you very much for calling in today. Pleasure chatting as always. If you do move to O-Scale Traction, certainly there's a potential for adding more roads and a tucker um, if you're interested. But I think the main thing is actually the uh, LiPo batteries. Giles, when he sent it to me, removed the LiPo battery. This was really the forcing function for me. I have a LiPo for it currently, but I'm worried about soldering it up if I can find a better a better long-term home for this thing that will get Giles's work um, viewed. So that was the the forcing sure. function for me. I still have the LiPo, and you can buy LiPos in this country. I bought mine on Amazon. It wasn't mm-hmm. even an eBay purchase in order to get the right battery for the RC vehicle. But I do realize that once I solder it, I'm committed to actually owning this amazing piece of kit. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'll keep you in the loop, Mike. Okay, sounds great. Pleasure chatting as always. I'd like to welcome back on John Samansky. John, your account last recording really made me realize that some people have amazing uh, access to people that have a deep and broad knowledge of the hobby. Since you last called into Model Rail Radio, do you have any Model Rail Rating updates? Well, <clears throat> I just finished here over the last few days a uh, an old-fashioned oil pump. Ooh. Yeah, it's something that I uh, used to see uh, back where I grew up in Pennsylvania. I grew mm. up just uh, west of the oil patch. Interesting. And, it, and when I'd go on uh, trips uh, in that area, I would see these bars that would go moving through the fields just mm. back and forth slowly. And they'd uh, do things like take 90-degree bends and mm. then go uh, in another direction and then I realized later that those were attached to oil pumps. Yes, definitely. Pump stuff out of the ground. And so I uh, I think that they were using more modern versions than what I did, but mm. I've done a little bit of research and found some old-fashioned pumps uh, and uh, scratch-built one here over the Wonderful. last few days. And uh, very pleased with it. It just was something that I just started cutting pieces and trying them out. Mm. And it turns out it fit together pretty nicely and is working, and I will motorize it. How, how do you intend on animating it? That was my next question. So uh, these things worked by having a motor, an engine, uh, maybe a hit-or-miss engine, one-cylinder hit-or-miss engine, in a shed somewhere, sometimes a very elaborate shed if they had many of these pumps being mm. uh, driven by a single, single Oh, interesting, motor. interesting. And so many of these pumps could be driven by a single motor. Yes. Uh, I mean, I'd have to see once I put everything together and um, – you know, see what uh, how much torque the uh, servo motor has and that sort of thing. I have some stepper motors I could use too, but um, th- they'd have an eccentric wheel on them, and then they just have various of these uh, bars coming out of them uh, attached to that. Interesting. Uh, various radii on the wheel. Interesting. And uh, yeah, and so I'm I'm planning on having maybe two or three of these things. It's a fairly small area, a couple mm. feet by a foot or something like that. Yeah, and you'd see them, and they would 
do things like go across roads or under roads and under railroad tracks and things like that. Interesting. So it's pretty pretty interesting thing. So I've got the code. It's it's a simple code to run the servo, mm -hmm. and I'll have a a, a, a toggle switch that'll turn it on and off. Um, and you know, so I, I want to add more animation to the layout. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just think in general that it's uh, a nice thing to do. My layout is uh, middle sized. Mm -hmm. It's like 13 by 23 foot room Certainly. or something like that. Yeah. And so uh, I have a lot of track in it uh, and plenty to do in terms of operations. But by the same token, it's nice to for visitors and, and for experienced modelers to have something that's sort of different. Visual, um, yeah. I want to add some sound, uh, maybe some uh, lightning at some that point. That was my next question, actually. Mm -hmm. Was single, you know, one shots, as you call them. They make a certain degree of noise, right? There needs to be noise associated with this kind of prototypical modeling, right? Uh, that's an excellent point that I haven't considered yet. Interesting. <laughs> and so, uh, yes, I could certainly add that. It turns out you can buy these small SD card readers mm -hmm. that, uh, that drive a speaker directly. Certainly. You don't need an amplifier or anything. And they're just a few dollars. And so it's pretty easy to add uh, local sound. Uh, mm. For something like that, I've uh, on one of the calls that we had with the uh, uh, the the uh, UK guys mm -hmm. um, with uh, Peter um, can't think of his name now. All of a sudden, the guy who's at State College now, mm. he, he had talked Peter about Stimple? Peter Stimple. Mm -hmm. He had talked about wanting to have the sound of wheels going over the tracks and the clickety clack mm. and that sort of thing after the engine passes, where you you know many modelers now have. Sound equipped locomotives. Certainly. This would add the ambiance of the sound of the train passing. And uh, I realized, yeah, that's something that's pretty simple to do. And then mm -hmm. you just put a sensor in that would uh, say, something's passed, go ahead and fire up. Certainly. Um, and so, yes, there's a number of things that I think would be very interesting to add sound wise. And, and I consider that a type of animation. Mm. Um, it, it's certainly adding other dimensions to the layout, uh, the, the uh, animation of the trains and all that. So, so when yes, I visualize this in my uh, mind's eye, it's like a pole that is rotating, which is the driving. I mean, the idea of multiple, I call them derricks. Is Derek the correct term for these kind of like, pumps? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's something it, like that. It's it, mm -hmm. Anyway, so they're rotating rods, basically, which is what's driving them. I've never heard of them being driven from multiple, like having multiple of these things all taking from one power source. That I'm visualizing it. I'm just trying to get a sense of what it looks like. Yeah, that's the clever thing. And I'm going to upload something here to the chat so cool. you can see uh, what better. it looks like. It's a, it's this little model, and so it's a little hard. I mean, it's not the greatest photograph, but it'll tell you something about Certainly. the shape and things like that. Anyway, yes, so I've been doing that. Um, I just got away from an operating session, actually, cool. uh, in, in Santa Fe. That was nice. Uh, we had a couple, three extra people than we normally have. Pretty cool. <laughs> and, and that was good in some ways, but it also uh, led to a crowded session. Uh, I'm typically running a yard or dispatching at these. And, uh, you know, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Mm. Mm. Waiting with great anticipation for this photograph arriving. So Okay. I am figuring out how to get this on my worry. computer Believe right now. Don't worry. Believe me. This podcast was made for editing. <laughs> so I've talked a lot about the friends that I have that come over and work, and one particular guy who's just been amazing in terms mm. of his what he's contributed to to the layout. 
Um, he has been um, building some buildings for me, actually. He hasn't done a lot of modeling of buildings. And he, uh, we found a spot uh, where I have a return loop. And it was a natural place to uh, – my, my uh, layout is set in western Pennsylvania, Certainly. and the southern end of it is Pittsburgh. And so mm. it's very appropriate uh, – it's a 50-zero layout. It's very appropriate to um, have uh, industrial buildings Definitely. that are uh, – let's see. How do I upload now? Um, Maybe just drag anyway, into. I'm not just sure. Just drag into. Okay. We'll give that a shot. And so uh, he just had the perfect – uh, using these uh, DPM. There we go. Why very cool. We... I see it. I see it coming. Gone. You see it? Okay, very good. Actually, I see the file name. I don't... <laughs> yeah, so do I. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, we'll keep working this while we're talking. Very anyway, good. I... Um, Downloads. Could see what... I can't see it, unfortunately. But anyway, I, I have something okay. in my mind's eye, which probably is nothing like the actual prototype, but the idea of having these metal poles that are rotating and some I, I i mean are they are they insulated in some regard do they have tubes which are okay here we go now let me download the photo except it's basically d- driven like a driving a walking beam so the 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 cable or the uh, the bars come in and and push push a, an assembly that then makes Ooh. a walking beam go up and it's down it's way more complicated than i originally thought interesting Interesting. Yeah, there, there's a number of things. that There's some simpler versions of it, but this is a quite old-fashioned thing. Certainly. So is it coming through? Yep, I've got it in front of me. I've got the with the paper napkin behind it, so thank you very yes, much for exactly. sending that. <laughs> Perfect. No, no, I literally... So you have three or more of these being driven by the same central shaft. Correct. And that was the whole idea was to... Uh, uh, for the people that were, were running these things to do it as cheaply as they can, mm-hmm. uh, you'll still see old wells actually being done this way in Pennsylvania. Interesting. Some of the other places as well. Uh, sort of hobby level, mm-hmm. I would call it. I'm sure people, they, they sell the oil still, but it's really a hobby level kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's just, it's really a, a, a memory from my childhood that I mm. thought would be very interesting to add Definitely. to, uh, again, some, some animation, something else going on on the layout. Mm. Um, so... So yes, ideally, that. in the end, servo or stepper motor driven. Correct. Pretty cool. Yes, I'll probably have that actually done pretty quickly. I'll, I'll, I'll. I haven't been on Facebook too much, but I'll go ahead and post something on the page if I get something going. A short Very video. Definitely. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah. And the rotation is. In a, it's not obviously at speed. It's a slow rotation because it's a pumping mechanism. Correct. It would be, uh, and since it's a servo that I'm planning on using, it'll just go back and forth mm. to uh, emulate what would happen on Rocking. a concentric wheel. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool indeed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good. So you're going to have that on the layout in, in the near future. And mm-hmm. this, the visual element of having a layout and having something separate than the trains running is something which we periodically discuss on Model Rail Radio, but I do like the idea of these additional visual elements just adding as you say something of interest to the folks that are operating on the layout and no doubt your operators will give you feedback accordingly yes i i i just like the idea of of having additional interest i do have people over just to see things people will bring their kids or their grandkids or or just themselves Mm -hmm. and and so having this kind of extra visual interest i think is useful now some of the other guys who are really uh purely interested in operation plus uh 
the prototype scenery and buildings and things like that that go around it. That's part of what I do for sure. Definitely. In fact, it's a central focus of what I do. Uh, but they uh, they tend not to worry about things like lights or anything else mm. in addition. And I, again, I have a small enough layout that I'm worried about that I think these additional elements are nice things to add. Most so, definitely. Most yeah. definitely. Anyway. Very cool, John. Thank you very much for calling in and providing this interesting update. And I think the idea of prototypical movement in terms of, you know, the, is it the north of Pittsburgh that you're modeling? Yes. The, 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 the southern staging yard is, is Pittsburgh as a whole. Mm. And then uh, it heads up uh, one of the rivers that heads uh, more or less north called the Allegheny River. Mm-hmm. And there's a junction where a water level main line joins the main lines that travel on either side of that river coming from the east from yes, Altoona and yeah. Nola and those kinds of things. And so that's really the center point of the layout. Uh, the southern staging yard representing Pittsburgh is an, uh, an active staging yard mm. where people actually uh, switch the cars. It's Definitely. not just uh, put them in. The northern one, it turns out, I've, I decided would be just uh, put the car- trains in, um, back them in, as it turns out. It's, uh, it's one ended yard. And uh, and then those just come out as a whole. They've gone mm-hmm. off into the world, who knows where. Uh, and then I also model Oil City, parts mm-hmm. of Oil City, uh, where uh, there's some interchanges and uh, a couple of industries, most of the Very interchange. Cool. Cool. Yes, it's it's really it's really fun, and there's a couple of switching areas off of it as well. Great. So yes, it's Western Pennsylvania going north out of Pittsburgh. Terrific. Well, John, thank you very much for calling in today. Thanks for providing the the visual as well associated with the stuff that you're modeling. Always a pleasure catching up. Thank you very much, Tom. I'd like to welcome back on Nigel Gutshaw. Nigel, you've started the Nolix. Any learnings so far? Anything that you wanted to put into the podcast? Um, oh, a few learnings. I haven't um, done bench work for a few years now since mm. assembling the other one. So um, been a few miscalculations and uh-huh. trying trying to remember how to do easements. So uh, mm. a bit of research there. So interesting. Um, yeah. Anyway, few few mistakes, but it was. Started. So, how much wood do you have so far in the Nolix? Basically, two uh, four by eight that I've cut in half. Mm-hmm. So and done all the um, marking out of it um, and cutting it to timber. So yeah, and painting it, put some undercoat on on one Very section, cool. a two by eight piece. Very yeah. cool. Uh, there's a bit of calculation trying to work out what's potentially disassemblable, and so two by eight was probably the best I could think of in terms mm-hmm. of able to be pulled apart and still fairly transportable without Certainly. being ridiculous. So. Yeah. Um, Do you have uh, track on it yet, or are you still in that phase of laying it without yeah. the track? Very cool. Uh, just just building so at the moment. So I'll, I'll post a photo on the Facebook page later of the beginnings of it. So Much um, appreciated. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, I knew it would just be a brief update based on the mm. proximity to the last recording having you on. But thank you very much for providing that, because I think Nolix is... I'm slightly averted. Uh, I have a slight aversion to helixes, but nolixes strike me as a really interesting way of doing the same problem, but slightly more model rail centric. Um, so, always a pleasure getting your brief update associated with the uh, the layout. Thank you. Well, if 
folks. Another just during my daughter's nap time model rail radio. Thank you very much for everyone for calling in today. Great to have Tony Ryan call back in. He's left a, a series of things for me to look up probably while I'm editing this podcast. And good catching up with Mike Slater, John and Nigel uh, again. We are recording these shows. I probably should say that um, every couple of weeks now. And we're recording them from noon to 2 p.m. Pacific because my daughters have their nap through that period of time. Uh, my anticipation is that I might try other recording times if people want to give me feedback and if this recording time really isn't working. I know for folks in Australia, we have a Nigel. Uh, it's a slightly more difficult time uh, to get on, but it's a pleasure catching up with people. And if you can't make the recording times, but you'd like to make a recording time in the future... Please get in contact with me and let me know when the ideal times would be. I thought of also potentially recording on different days as well. So Saturday has traditionally been the Model Rail Radio recording day. But just to get more content out, uh, happy to change times and work things out um, if people are interested in calling in. So thanks to the folks for calling in today and thanks to the folks for listening in. Good afternoon. So ends the recording. Thank you, folks. I'll uh, hopefully get this edited and out pretty soon. So I'll talk to you. Tom, also. thank you so much for doing this with Not all, at all. The things that are you're doing. So. It's interesting being a father and doing this as well, but I think we just need to find probably doing more than just the nap time. I need to work out a, a better schedule with my wife for that. But thank you very much for your feedback. Mm -hmm. I'll talk to you all soon. Take care. Very good. Take care.